0: welcome to episode 110 of the farm exec podcast i'm elaine quillicci editor-in-chief of farm exec magazine here along with my co-host group social media editor miranda schmalfes farm exec magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest insights to master the science of success on this week's episode miranda and i have the pleasure of speaking with ken winnell chief technology officer of greater than one Ken talks about the metaverse and the potential it has to serve the pharma industry. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll be right back with Ken.
1: Hey, podcasters, social media editor Miranda Schmalf is here to let you know that the Pharmaceutical Executive Apex Awards have extended their entry deadline. Our new deadline is June 30th. Don't miss your chance to enter across 19 specialized categories in the only pharma award show judged entirely by HCPs. Submit your entry now at apex.pharmexec.com. That's apex.pharmexec.com.
0: Hello, podcasters. Today, Miranda and I will be interviewing Ken Winnell, Chief Technology Officer of Greater Than One. Ken is here to discuss the opportunities that await pharma in the metaverse and what we might expect from this new virtual
1: reality moving
0: forward. Thanks
1: for joining us, Ken.
2: Thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
1: Thanks for joining us, Ken. So could you briefly describe what the metaverse
2: is? Sure. So in the early 90s, a guy named Neil Stevenson coined the term metaverse, which was really out of a cyber concept that depicted a virtual reality and like a dystopian future. But it really boils down to being an immersive experience for the web. And it's the next generation of the web. You've heard terms of, you know, web 1.0 was, you know, just everybody needed to have a, a browser and everything was connected. Web 2.0 became the e-commerce and services that were available up through today. And then web 3.0 is really where it becomes a fully blended experience, combining social media, browsing, applications, e-commerce, fashion, you name it. And it's a full social engulfing. Uh, And then metaverse really means it's the blending of augmented reality and virtual reality to produce an experience that allows you to have a digital twin uh, of yourself um, and to interact socially with others.
0: How do you feel pharma can benefit from joining the metaverse?
2: So I'm often asked that question. And. Pharma is a unique industry because of the way that it can take advantage of technology, yet has restrictions and regulatory compliance issues that it needs to always follow. So I think there are a number of different areas for the metaverse and pharma or life sciences. And the first is obviously in medical education. The ability to actually have a more immersive educational experience within the metaverse is coming of age now. There are ophthalmologists who can actually do eye exams and look for macular degeneration and cataracts just by using a cell phone, taking a picture with that. But even more so than that, there are immersive experiences where ophthalmologists can actually see the the eyes, can go in, can experience it, can be trained on surgical procedures. There are a couple of companies out there that are already doing it, and the FDA is actually monitoring closely as to whether or not it becomes a digital therapeutic. Um, But I do think that that's one element, so education. If you think about the way that we deliver information and mechanism of action, an immersive experience of being able to show the progression of a disease state or a medical treatment or a molecule as it affects the cells at a cellular level is an immersive experience. I always use the analogy that Isaac Asimov wrote a novel called Fantastic Voyage, and there was a movie that starred Raquel Welch, believe it or not, way back when in the 60s, where everybody gets miniaturized, injected into a little hypodermic needle, and they're injected into the body to go take out of a tumor. That's not far-fetched in terms of the metaverse. Not that you're going to be miniaturized, but actually that you'll be able to go in, look at a patient's information in a 360-degree view, and be able to you know, determine what the best surgical procedure might be for removal of a tumor. So that's another element, is just the education and continued proficiencies that can be gained from that, also obviously in terms of simulations. And then I think in addition, pharma will also have adherence and compliance capability within the metaverse. So watching patients progress and monitoring their life signs and their vitals can be merged into an avatar that can you know, produce pain points. It can produce haptic experiences. So the physician can see and diagnose. And I think that there's a couple of other areas that are starting to emerge. I think also for Salesforce pharma sales reps who are trying to, you know, get in and and have meetings and congresses. I think that, you know, we've all seen since the pandemic that virtual congresses took shape and, uh, you know, people didn't want to travel. So people had to figure out a way to do it. I think we can still improve on that with the metaverse. I think that having a virtual session where you are face-to-face in digital sense with someone that you don't know, and you could be thousands of miles away from them, will allow you to establish a virtual relationship and that virtual relationship can continue to expand meeting, sharing a whiteboard information, even the podcast that we're on today could all be a virtual experience. And you could be chatting, listening to this podcast over sitting in a virtual auditorium and then having side comments with your friends about it. So there's a lot of potential for that as well.
0: It seems one of the easiest ways for pharma to get involved in the metaverse might be through advertising. What opportunities are there for DTC advertising in the metaverse?
2: I am so glad you asked that question. So DTC direct to consumer advertising has a limitless capability within the metaverse product placement and the ability to actually replicate down to the packaging, what a product might look like or having, you know, even logos or or name certification as you're in the metaverse, walking by a building, the advertising lights up automatically again, e-commerce transactions. Oh, persons bought this, just bought that knowing where your geolocation might be, there's an endless potential. We're starting to see that in fashion, which, believe it or not, is leading the way in some of these places. If you look at luxury brands, um, they're using a platform called Obsessed VR. They're going out there and basically it's a virtual storefront that people can go in and shop. There are a number of other experiences like that. For example, there's a platform called Decentraland, which is basically a virtual reality for storefronts. Gaming has started to become a lot more virtual as well. Uh, visual art galleries are, are there. And in fact, what's interesting with the art galleries is they're all becoming NFT galleries. So that's non-fungible tokens, which means that you can actually go out and have an e-commerce transaction and view in a gallery. There's actually, a, I can't remember, the name is, uh, I think, where nft.com or something like that. But it talks about all these different things that you can do about looking in fashion of, of what's yours, a unique pattern or style. Um, So I think that you'll see for pharma, the same capability is as gene therapy expands, as more custom capabilities become developed, you might be able to purchase pharma products directly and have them customized for you. Think about personalized pills and, you know, using RNA science, there is a lot of capability that's even now, I think it's probably 24 to 36 months away, but I think, you know, you'll start to see some of those come to fruition.
1: So you had mentioned this previously, but how about e-detailing? Could you go a little bit more into detail about how an immersive experience could benefit this area?
2: So e-detailing is one of the better experiences that physicians have come to appreciate over time. And I know firsthand that during the pandemic, when reps were unable to go out and and, we were in lockdown, they were engaged a lot longer. The average lifespan of an e-detailing rep was they were usually getting between 30 seconds to three minutes of time of of a doctor while they were at the hospital where they were in their office. Post-pandemic, some of these engagements now are like 30 minutes. And the opportunity to take a physician and have an interactive gamified experience for e-detailing is readily available today. A lot of companies are already doing pieces of it, but in a a metaverse capability, now it's fully immersive. You could actually say, oh, let me pull in one of my colleagues. And you could could have a a simultaneous e-detailing with multiple people around the world. So I think there's a lot of potential for that. And I think a couple of companies are starting to pave the way in parallel with that, with medical affairs and key opinion leaders and having the ability to reach out and talk to a key opinion leader, be able to have an engaged dialogue with a medical liaison. I think all those are part of that whole metaverse ecosystem that's starting to form. And today it's still a little wild, wild west, because I think there's no formidable leader in the space other than... Facebook, which it's a consumer-grade product. So I don't think anybody's going to be morphing to that anytime soon, but I do think that we will start to see some specialized platforms develop.
1: So how did digital therapeutics fit into the metaverse?
2: So digital therapeutics is kind of a separate subject, but I'll talk to it. The advantage of digital therapeutics is that with the progression and, and basically the explosion of smartphones in the world, the ability to take advantage of these devices that people have with them at all times you know, allows for adherence and compliance. You can monitor biometrics, you can make those markers. Now let's take that out a little further and talk about how that would work into the metaverse. So the metaverse can actually do a couple of things. One is that there is enough haptic clothing and wear now. And what I mean by that is a haptic thing is that you put on a glove and you can feel vibrations, et cetera, right? So if you've seen the movie Ready Player One, it's the same kind of concept. You're getting a fully immersive experience. So If you take that to the next, extrapolate that out, you'll see the digital therapeutics in metaverse will be where you will be able to say, okay, I'm going to do your eye exam now. Okay, uh, you have sleep apnea. I'm going to be able to tell you your breathing and regulatory circulatory information and it would be able to to leverage that. I think that part of it is also that digital therapeutics. Serve a purpose like Calm is a good example. That's an app where basically you can download it on your phone and it gives you, you know, 30 seconds of breathe time. If you're in a metaverse, having a digital therapeutic because you have eye anxiety or for mental wellness, I think these are the areas where the metaverse can provide change of scenery. You know, you're working, you're in a game area, you're in a lounge or something, it's too loud for you. Okay, switch. Now you're in a peaceful, you know, ballet, uh, you know, and the birds are flying around you, whatever, whatever it is that you need. But I think the digital therapeutic component of that is to understand that it's anticipating based on your medical data, uh, what you need, and then the metaverse is shifting to reflect that.
0: What do you foresee being the greatest challenges to getting the metaverse more integrated into pharma?
2: I think there's a few things. It's a really good question. Let's talk about the reluctance of pharmaceuticals to dip their toe in the water early. And I think that there are really a couple of different things that I, I feel could be resistance, right? One is regulatory. The reluctance of saying anything that's not legally approved, the reluctance of having an interactive dialogue with a patient or even an HCP and, and, you know, having the metaverse provide information, you know, the crowd mentality of crowdsourcing. That is something to still be avoided. I think that the other piece is really going to be looking at, you know, using artificial intelligence and machine learning to actually generate information based on approved content. So if I have important safety information, you know the ISI that every pharmaceutical manufacturer associates with their drug, if I have important safety information to convey, how would I convey that in a convenient way in the metaverse? And that could be just part of a conversational AI. It could be just something that is very simple and say, okay, you know, are there any side effects? Yes, there are some side effects, and here they are, right? And making it as a conversation becomes much more meaningful to the patient, much more meaningful to the audiences. It's less meaningful to the regulatory group. So I think we have to overcome that obstacle. I think the next obstacle that we have to overcome is what I would call platform. And the platform, as I said a little earlier, is Facebook. You know, declared itself as Meta now to focus on the metaverse. They have a thing called Horizons in Facebook that you can join and you can walk around. But again, there are 20 other platforms that are out there today, including Decentraland, including um, Obsess VR, including some of these other tools that are out there. No one standard is, is set yet. So I think we need to look and see. What is going to be the widest distribution? Where is the next Facebook or where is the next VR platform? And you know, there's a lot of companies that are trying to do it. Microsoft and Google as well, as well as Apple. And I think over the next 12 to 24 months, we'll start to see some of these things emerge. We'll see a leader start to become a little more solid. I hope, and then at that point, we can start to you know say, okay, we're trying it in a couple of different areas. It's the same concept of iOS and Android. If you think about it, that's really of what I'm alluding to is that we need to have some standards. And once those standards are really adopted and and embraced, that's when we'll start to see that catch on.
0: Ken, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been really interesting learning about this new dynamic medium and the ways pharma companies can use it to their benefit.
2: My pleasure. And as you can tell, I'm passionate about watching all things technology and keeping ahead of the game. I consider myself a futurist above all. So when I see these things and, and I start to imagine where they're going, I start looking at the practical applications. And so even today, just thinking about what that metaverse can do, I think that the future is really bright. And I think we're on the cusp of watching to see how this will change and transform us.
1: Hey, podcasters, social media editor Miranda Schmalf is here to let you know that the Pharmaceutical Executive Apex Awards have extended their entry deadline. Our new deadline is June 30th. Don't miss your chance to enter across 19 specialized categories in the only pharma award show judged entirely by HCPs. Submit your entry now at apex.pharmexec.com. That's apex.pharmexec.com.
0: And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs.
2: Hi, I'm Ken Winnell. I'm the chief technology officer for greater than one. And my leadership advice is really the best advice I ever received from anyone. And it was like, be true to yourself and make sure that you are you love what you do. If you can love what you do, you can succeed. And I ha- can honestly say that I love what I do. I love the fact that I can, you know, dive deep into technology, that I can, you know, be thinking in the future and trying to be ahead of the curve as opposed to trying to catch up to it. So my advice to anybody listening is. Love what you do and stay true to it.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of FarmExec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email Editor-in-Chief Elaine Quilici at E-Q-U-I-L-I-C-I at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at T-B-A-K-E-R at mjhlifesciences.com.